That'll never get old, Ben. That'll never get old. Surely the most spine-tingling moment in Aussie music, would you say? <laughs> Don't care for it myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It is. We're kicking things off strong here. Um, thanks for hitting play. This is a Good Movie Monday. We're the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name is Glenn Cochran. I enjoy long movies about beaches and candlelit movie nights and animal films. And Ben Helwig, sitting across from me, he enjoys driving monster trucks Steamy Dutch ovens, and he goes off like a firecracker in the sack. <laughs> I do like a good Dutch oven. And you can uh, you can call Ben's love line on 0055-717-717. Hi, Becky. I hear you've got a boyfriend. You've got a message for him. There will be there will be people that will pick up my reference, and it is hilarious. Yeah. Um, good Movie Monday is our website. Ben's about to interject. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, I should have said I'd never heard of it. Oh, I right. never heard of it. That would have been a better gag. Yeah, it would be. Oh, well. Because we that's I- impossible. Can't take it back. Can't do it. Can't, can't do rewind it. it. It's no. not like this is pre-recorded or anything. <laughs> no, and I you know. You just edit it in. So, yes, our website is goodmoviemonday.com and that will give you direct access to everything that we produce from uh, videos and interviews and games and all other stuffs as well Thank as another podcast. Thank you very much for that we. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you're welcome, mate. <laughs> well, we are a bit excited for this week's show because our special guest is Rob Farnham, who is the son of the Australian rock icon, John Farnham. Um, everybody knows by now that the new documentary, John Farnham, Finding the Voice, has blown up the Aussie box office. It is, I think it's become the highest grossing Australian documentary of all time. So that's a big deal. Yeah. And I believe it played on nearly every screen in Australia. So it's a big deal. And because of that, we're going to have a bit of a, a Farnsy episode. I thought I would extend the love this week and then sort of I'm going to try to theme this all the way through. I was going to say, by extending the love, you mean <laughs> by not asking me what song I want to play for the closing night, for the closing <laughs> credits? <laughs> that kind of... Ex- you're just like, yeah, I just, I'm just going to pick my own Farnsy song. I think it's kind of obvious where we're going yeah. with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll disappoint you. This episode... Is going to reach a lot of people because everyone loves Farnsy. So we're extending the episode. You wanted to take me out of it as much as possible. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> but you know what? We should probably do a bit of a content warning here because if this is going to hit a lot of John Farnham fans, a lot of them enjoy their entertainment wholesome and um, a lot more so than what we deliver, let's just say. Usually deliver, yeah. That's right. So if you're easily offended by swearing or lowbrow humour, um, now's the time to switch off or at least keep going until you've had your fill, <laughs> which is probably any moment. <laughs> I can keep it clean. No, yeah, I no tried, you, you can't. I tried like two weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, no more swearing. That lasted just that first that first segment of that episode. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> not possible, not no. possible. Um, but it's business as usual. Otherwise, in a moment, we're going to drag Jarrett Garn in, in for a chat. Um, he's going to talk about the new releases of the week and other physical media news. And those boys from Kentucky will be here to impart their boneheaded wisdom I believe they're even taking a, a run at uh, Aussie Rock. So there we, oh, there we go. But Ben, let's have a chat. Do you enjoy 
John Farmer's music. And, and you can say no because I'm pretty sure his pockets are well lined and, <laughs> you know, um, he doesn't mind the, uh, the odd criticism or two. Oh, I don't look, who doesn't enjoy... Correct answer, sir. Who doesn't enjoy John Farmer's music? Like, of course I do. I mean, I, like I think a lot of people are, you know, we're always waiting for the when's the final tour actually going to be the oh, final tour like that, don't say that, that. gag <laughs> you're going to hear me talk about that in a <laughs> right, bit okay. and it doesn't go down it doesn't well. go well no i mean look i, I get it cuz you know never say never but mm. that, never say never yeah <laughs> <laughs> just don't say it and then no one will mind mm. but that was always a, that was i mean that was a joke even as a kid yeah like 20 years ago that was a gag <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, you know and and I think, unlike a lot of people, I loved all these little Rupert Band stuff too. Bloody oath. Bloody oath. You know, the other guy, what a fucking great song. <laughs> Down on the border, fucking great. You're going to say the other guy? Who needs him? Who needs him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Shorrock. Yeah. No, there's, there's, not enough, there's not enough bald entertainers out there in the world. We need so. them. <laughs> <laughs> like cool ones. And I like that he had to eat humble pie and come back. Well, yeah, he, left, he left for his uh, solo career. There that is didn't that. And there then, is that. But um, and look what's become of the Little River Band. Like it's shocking. Have you seen what they're at now? Like it, it it's not the Little River Band at all. No, I just assumed that they perform at the Rudy Hill RSL. <laughs> no, the, the original Little River Band still exists, and they're what they're called, like um, Horrock Shore and something. I don't re- don't remember their names, but they're not legally allowed to use the, the term Little River Band because it's now an American band. Oh, really? That consists of one person that had something to do with the original band. He got ownership of the name, and now it's just an entirely American band that just cashes in on all of the glory days. Yeah, and right. they still tour. They've got a huge website. They're a big thing, but nobody in America knows that they're Aussie, that as you as you'll hear yeah, right. when the Boneheads talk about Aussie rock. Yeah, right. That's very interesting. So yeah, so the original LRB do tour now, and they do lots of RSLs and like you know. Why wouldn't you? All the that's where the fucking good music happens is those little yeah. bands, those little venues, I should say. Because well, they don't, you don't seem to have <laughs> pub. Pub music is a thing of the past. Yep. So it's like a big arena show, maybe the Corner Hotel. Mm-hmm. But even the Corner Hotel, like I remember, I mean, this is showing my how cheap I am. <laughs> but I remember when Regina Spector came out and it was 60 bucks a ticket. And I was like, who the fuck does she think she is? <laughs> $60 a ticket. And I look back on that now and I, apologies for that swear word, but that's no. where I was coming from at the time. Oh, so see, we've broken the promise broken already. already. The pledge is dumb. Uh, <laughs> But now, like sixty dollars is cheap. But that was like that was at somewhere like the corner or yep, yeah, the SB. And you're like, who's paying sixty dollars for that? But now that's cheap. Interesting, you say that because a little later on, I was going to just do a bit of a side recommendation, but I'll do it now. I saw that documentary, Ego, the um, Michael Gadinsky story. Yeah, it is brilliant. I'll say that, and it does tie in with this episode nicely, just because of its theme. But he talks about that in the documentary. How once upon a time, album sales like a cost of an album was up here. Yeah. And a concert was down here. And now it's just completely flipped on itself. Well, that was, I mean, that's always been the joke about, you know, Record Store Day. Because it used to be <laughs> that you released albums to advertise your live shows. Yep. And then it switched and you did live shows to advertise your record sales. <laughs> and then it switched again <laughs> yep. to being, you know, now that Spotify exists, mm-hmm. your physical albums are really just there to try and get people to come to your live shows. That's right. It's, it's nuts. A, it's a crazy mixed up world. It certainly is. So we've got a good show. Let's just put it that way. Uh, but before we throw to our first break, I just want to pick your brain for a second because last week the uh, the new teaser poster for Toxic Avenger dropped and I was just keen to get your thoughts on this as well as an image of Peter Dinklage as Toxie. 
I haven't I haven't actually seen the image of Peter Dinklage's dog. Yeah. See, I've seen the poster. Well, it's a very ambiguous image because he's kind of in shadows. He's, you can't quite see him. Then I have seen that that image. Yeah, where he's I running running with the, the mop. It was like it was on the internet. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't really <laughs> tell what it was. I was like, well, yeah, it didn't it didn't look like the Toxic Avenger that you know. Yeah, I'm kind of familiar with. Like, mm. it wasn't like that the kind of hero pose. It's an, it's a reimagining. A it's oh yeah. yeah. Because he, he's not yeah. playing Melvin or Melvo. Uh, what's his name in the movie? Melvin, Melvin Junko. Yeah. He's playing Winston something or other. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. so it's a whole new thing. Yeah. It's been taken away from Troma. Well, Troma is still behind it. Um, they're producing it. Wow. And, and Lloyd has made a lot of comments about the script and, and how much he loves it. So it's not one that he's you know bitter about. Like, he's really good. But to is it like Charles Band produced <laughs> Probably. Puppet Master Lilith Reich? Where Probably. Really he just, they paid him some money for, yeah. the, for the rights and he gets a producer credit, but... Well, they keep him away from the What I believe this is, is for a very long time, Troma were very um, much in the, in the process of getting the Toxic Crusaders movie happening in a, with a studio, which goes right back to the Ninja Turtle days and yeah. it's always been a thing. And this apparently is sort of the residual of that. Like it's yeah. um, finally got up and running, but it's back to Toxic Avenger, but it's still going to be PG-13. And so it's sort of a, a, a blend yeah. of all that. I mean, you, which is, <laughs> I mean, look... Defies logic considering the success of Deadpool. Yeah. You would think, you know, Toxic Avenger is Troma's major identifiable it's their flagship. IP. Mm-hmm. You'd think that they would go for an R-rated yep. superhero comedy a la Deadpool and I cash would, in on that. I would think so. But maybe they're just trying to cash <coughs> in on the Guardian style, you know, of superhero yeah. movie where it's family friendly and it gets maybe potential fans of the original with the new crop with of the new kids. kids. Yeah, that is true. Look, it, it could know. work. You know, the poster, I don't know. Like, it looks like it, it looks like it's some nice teaser art. Well, that's all it is. That, yeah. Yeah. It's not the, the, the final artwork. Yeah. It yeah. just strikes me as, you know, when uh, when Warner Brothers or Rocho or something do a line, <laughs> of a DVD line, and they bring out all of their famous yeah, ones with these <laughs> kind of, you know, yep. um, almost clip art-y yep. kind of designs, which they look cool. They're great. <laughs> yep. But they're also, you know, they're... They're not the reason those movies became iconic, Correct. like the, the, their original posters are. Yep. So Th- this one's been described as a cross between that Suicide Squad art and Terrence and Philip from, yeah. <laughs> from South Park. <laughs> if you go to newsly.me and download that app, it is fantastic. It's the best way to listen to Good Movie Monday as well as our other podcast, Wednesday Up Late. It's a super app that has all of the news from around the world, all the highest trending articles. And then this app puts it into your phone and reads the news stories back to you in a natural human voice. You've heard me talk about it before, but I really do mean it. It's the best way you can possibly listen to us. And we have a special offer for you. If you want to give it a try and upgrade to their premium service, which gets you a whole lot more, we'll get you a free month. So go to newsly.me, download it, use the exclusive code MONDAY without the O-M-N-D-A-Y. Give it a shot. See what you think. This is the only part of the show that you can actually see. We record this one on video. So here we are. Join us on Facebook if you haven't already. Jarrett, how are you going? Very good, gentlemen. Very good. Uh, it's a good week for home entertainment. You know, there's some diverse sort of programming coming out. And for instance, the key release I actually want to discuss, which ties in rather well with the guest on this episode, is the John Farnham doco, Finding the Voice. It's coming out on DVD and... Blu-ray, which is kind of unheard of because you don't see many documentaries get a Blu-ray release in this day and age, let alone an Aussie doco, but I'm so happy it is because it's 
It's a great doco. I checked it out on Channel 7 when they broadcast it live about a month ago. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't have a massive interest in John Farnham, but, you know, I'm interested in the character and the story. And I thought it was really done well, like a mix of archival footage, talking heads, and it really just, you know, celebrated his legacy. And at this timely sort of, you know, where he may never sing again. Yeah, well... Uh, seems we're, sort of fitting we've been talking about it on the show and I, I like in this film it's much more it's a love letter between two mates like it's a love story between oh two yeah absolutely because it's as much a glenn wheatley story as it is a john yes. farnham story and it handles the whole glenn wheatley aspect beautifully like that farnham never turned his back on him he always yeah. knew where he came from he knew the chap that had given him the opportunity and those two were just like blood brothers it's yeah, yeah it is it's actually a beautiful story it didn't have me jumping on itunes and you know streaming any john farnham but i know that it did have that impact i saw like the morning talk shows the following day and within less than 24 hours you know john farnham's top of the pops again well, you know the, Australia. Um, the the top 10 charts i think five of them were john farnham releases it's incredible but yeah. i hope this has every bit of success on home entertainment because obviously it's you know it's aired it's on catch up but this is an opportunity for other people to check it out as well as the fans to pick it up and the fact that they can pick up a blu-ray is terrific and the fact that Universal Sony have gone to the effort of including extra content on there as well. There's like additional interviews and some BTS footage. So it's good that they've actually made a solid effort of it. And I, I believe it's like the highest earning, you know, Australian doco yep. possibly of all time now. It is, it is. Theatrically, which is just incredible. And I know like a lot of people that are in my neighbourhood uh, that actually went and saw it theatrically too. So it was great to think that they made a trek to the movies to see it. But yeah, it's so screened that's... on every screen in Australia, even all the rural little ones. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's phenomenal. You, it, it just shows how much of an icon he is and it's a terrific celebration of him. So yeah, great that that one's coming out on home entertainment. Some other titles coming from Universal Sony though, we've got Fast and Furious X. And I do say Fast and Furious X because it's been redubbed that for the home entertainment release they've emblazed that on the artwork all but i think maybe the steelbook because they're directly imported from elsewhere yeah but yeah they've retitled it because i guess people don't understand that fast x would be fast and furious 10 i don't know anyway what they've what done happened that. what happened to like these days every movie that gets released with the roman numeral seems to be pronounced as like x but back in the day it was always you know the number like it was 10 yeah totally but the, totally the posters, i don't understand like we were it's at true. a screening recently where um where i won't give names out but the the publicist you know revealed the movie x and i'm like i'm pretty sure it's 10 it's it's number mm. 10 like it's jason x fucked everyone up with that one i think we know what the film is it's got something to do with uh james <laughs> winnell having started this franchise properly i wasn't even at the screening but i know uh so that that is interesting i thought it was a twitter crossover that one though i thought it was like they they'd held elon musk captive and tortured him for 90 minutes and that's guaranteed box office because no one knows if the zuckerberg and Elon Musk fight's going to happen. Zuckerberg's pretty much given up hope on it. So I guess the bet next best thing is seeing him tortured for 90 minutes on the big screen. I don't have a problem with Elon Musk. Let's just, I actually don't have a problem with either of them, to be honest. But I would have watched, you know, a fight between them for sure. Uh, You're going to hedge your bets against our new corporate overlords. You don't want to get them. <laughs> yeah, true. Just I'm, I'm backing Zuckerberg. I mean, yes, he's younger, he's fitter, he's got, you know, discipline in, you know, different martial arts or whatever and musk is refusing to do any sort of preparation for it and on top of that zuckerberg owns more of the platforms that i use socially i don't even like twitter or x or whatever the fuck you want to call it i yeah. hate it i hate it and i rarely post on it 
even for work it's just but let's face it i mean x slash twitter is just this this little side hustle i mean that's that's all it is oh yeah totally absolutely (laughs) absolutely I don't use Twitter, but I like Twitter and I like that it's called X now because it is the only <laughs> social media platform that's allowed unrestricted. To- yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, they they ruined Tumblr for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Justin Timberlake. No one even before. talks about Tumblr anymore and that's probably precisely the reason why. Yeah. I think everything moved over to the paid gateway of OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, that's that, right. That's what it is now. And hey, I think Threads has just died. Like it's only been yes. up what, a month and it's already kind of nothing. It's apparently, yeah, they had like what fifty million subscribers within the first few days, and they reckon that the you know people have just dropped off completely. The is, and yeah, completely the argument was that obviously it was very restrictive, you know, in terms of content. Plus, it's very ad revenue driven, so it's just pushing. Like every second post seems to be a sponsored post, and. I ain't got yeah. time for that. I did one post <laughs> via the Monster Fest social media for it and then gave up on it because I kept seeing Kim Kardashian come up. I'm like, why is this coming up in my feed? I don't even follow her. It's a whole other kind of monster. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, other Universal Sony Pictures titles coming out this week, which I won't spend too much time talking about, the Book Club 2. But well, um, Why don't you want to talk about that, at least? Well, I, look, I haven't seen the original yet, and I'm waiting to <laughs> well, I'm waiting sense. to do the double of them. Uh, <laughs> no, I will watch them one day, uh, undoubtedly. I'm a big Diane Keaton fan, let's face it. So Coastal grandma rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought he was a Jane Fonda fan. and No, no look, no, a bit of no, everyone. It's, it's, you know, after Sleeper, how can you have any... Like, there's yeah. No... We're all in it for the Pond True. thing, right? Yeah. The <laughs> I'm not here for 80 for Brady, that's for sure. But yeah, that sequel's coming out. And again, Universal Sony doing a Blu-ray for that, which is, I, I just, it, it's kind of baffling that one, to be honest, because I mean, I didn't think the key demographic would be wanting it in Blu-ray. I would have thought the key demographic for, say, Violent Night might have wanted that on yeah. Blu-ray. But anyway, Universal <laughs> Sony and uh, it's, it's bizarre. But on that note, actually, another surprising thing is overseas, now Universal have started releasing titles that they initially released to DVD and Blu-ray on 4K only 6 to 12 months later. And one of those titles being that very film is now they're doing a 4K of Violent Night and they're doing a 4K of The Black Phone. And it's sort of like, I don't know how many times you can kind of double dip on fans, particularly when you're not putting anything new on it. It's the exact same release, essentially, same special features. It might have a slipcase but it's just in 4K and it just feels like a cash grab. And yeah, it, it's a shame because I would have liked to have maybe they wait six, 12 months longer, licensed to, to a boutique label and they do Here's an my actual proper you. edition. Will yeah. you be buying those? Well, I bought neither of them on Blu-ray because I foresaw this. Yeah. I thought I thought a boutique <laughs> might do them. And I'm glad I did hold out because I got very close recently. JB had a sale, I think it was like, buy two get one free and there was a 20 percent off and i could have picked them up for eight dollars a piece but the fool i am i'd rather pay 45 dollars for one of them on 4k because <laughs> i need it in the best quality i possibly can on possibly the last physical format we'll know anyway that's it for universal sony another release though that's coming out an indie from umbrella is sky pirates which is making its blu-ray debut actually making its disc debut Amazing. and we've spoken about in the past but yeah i can't wait to check out this restoration and uh, the abundance of special features, particularly that Indiana Clones trailer reel, which looks phenomenal. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. Like, that's been like a, a cheeky favourite of mine for years. Yeah, it's a classic. I, I think I only parted with the VHS recently, probably because of the news of this new Blu-ray. 
Uh, then another release that's coming out from Viavision that I'm sure you're very excited about, Glenn, the Prophecy Collection is coming out. <laughs> that's right. Yep. Oh, it's yeah, all I the Prophecy like movies. I do like and for series. once, they're going to be on their individual Blu-ray discs, which means less compression. So I think they're their existing transfers, but they'll be less compressed. Plus, there's an abundance of special features being some newly created content with the actual filmmakers as well as film historians. It's a pretty comprehensive set. The only disappointing thing is that uh, Vinegar Syndrome in the States have announced they're going to release the first three in a trilogy set on 4K UHD with brand new scans uh, you know and what? brand new special features. And it's just timing. It's like, had this come out a year ago, you know, there would have been no issue. But I assume that Vinegar Syndrome will see it out with the remainder of the films well, in I mean, maybe 4K the, sets. The, the first three are the only ones that actually matter. Like, they form yeah. a cohesive trilogy and the others attack on. And But as the, the completest in me, like, I'm going to have the yeah. whole <laughs> Got to have them all. It's like I'm rebuying Hellraiser whenever I re-release it because now they're doing it on 4K, which I'm down for. But they're doing one, two, three, and now they're doing Bloodlines 4 as part of that set. Their mm. previous Blu-ray set only had the first three films. And now I'm like, like a sucker, I'll buy that. And then when they announce that they're doing the five-film box set with Inferno or whatever it was called, the following year I'll probably update it again. And let's face it, I'll probably only really re-watch the first two, maybe first three films, uh, you know. Come yeah, on, but, take it all yeah. away. Oh, no, look, I still haven't got to Revelations pretty, yet. <laughs> I did watch, obviously, the reboot, but I haven't seen Revelations yet. Something about that fat kid from Hey, Hey... Oh, no, what was it? Um, hey, Dad. He looks like the fat kid from Hey, Dad as Pinhead in it. Uh, kind of turned me off. Then the last one I want to mention, which I've mentioned many a time, but they are finally surfacing on 4K UHD locally from Roadshow, from the Warner catalogue. We've got East of Eden... We've got Rio Bravo and then Enter the Dragon all coming out on 4K. And I'll remind you that they do include the Blu-ray, which has the special feature content, which the US aren't getting anymore. And the US are really angry about the fact that they have to jump on the digital platform in order to watch the additional content. And well, rightly so. The weekend... Are we getting the slipcases though, Jared? Are we getting the slipcases? We don't know. But here's the, yeah, we don't get the slipcases. If, 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 if you really want everything, you've got to go to the UK. They get the slips, the Blu-ray. Yeah. but they'll still have their ratings emblazed on the cover as well. Oh, and yeah. I think they've got those awful 100 years of Warner on the slip anyway. So, well, yeah, this Well, um, this weekend just gone was the 50th anniversary of Enter the Dragon. Insane. 50 years. God. Yeah. We're getting old. Yeah, it'd be guys. great. I mean, Enter the Dragon is, in my mind, the penultimate, you know, Bruce well, Lee film. And, and but, tournament geez, movie. Like, oh yeah absolutely yeah that that's exactly what they should have like modeled say mortal Kombat the movie on or something of that nature uh but that said uh i mean after bruce died yeah, certainly had a lot of cash in movies and there's that documentary that's premiered recently i think at fantasia enter the clones of <laughs> bruce lee which just looks phenomenal uh and yeah i really hope that somehow that gets seen somewhere in australia at some festival down the track anyway that's it for me gentlemen uh you know i can't divulge any more information than that anyway uh until next time stay physical gents fine you can just decide where we ended no worries. <laughs> that's the end that's the end <laughs> all right well now is the time where we usually usually play a little game and i don't want to take away from that. I do have a little, uh, <laughs> a little bit of fun uh, in store for us uh, in the in the going along with the theme of the show. But I do want to have a quick talk about 
Riddle of Fire, which I, I saw at Myth last week. This movie... I'm jealous of you for seeing this. It is... Like, I'm, I'm disappointed with myself because it, it played at Cannes and I didn't go and see it. I didn't put that much effort in. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, playing too far away. I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that I saw it at me. If I, I'm so glad I saw it on the big screen. I don't know. It has picked up a sales agent. I don't know if it's going to get a theatrical release hereafter. Hopefully it gets some kind of release. Mm. Uh, if not here in the US at least because it does deserve it. But it is it is great. Oh, it's like a so jealous. It's like a kids movie for adults that you just don't see anymore. Yeah. If you ever, it's like Goonies for adults, but still for kids. <laughs> you know. And this guy, it's his first film. This guy is his name is uh, Weston Rizzoli, and he is actually in the film as well, which I didn't realize until the end. But he has created this, like the 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 main strength the the main strength of the film, apart from the performances, which are astonishing, considering that the kids are like. You know, five, ten, and uh, you know, ten and ten kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, is he's he's just created this alternate reality Earth, which is amazing. Like, and right from the start, the whole it's all it's got this kind of Celtic mysticism font mm-hmm. that he uses for the credits and the titles and stuff. It's he's um it's it reminds me very much of the and now I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, the guy who directed. Uh, um, it follows and yeah, yeah, under um, the silver lake. It's got and three names. Myth of the something, think, Michael. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know who you mean, yeah. and so does everybody else. Yes, that guy, <laughs> like his. You remember in it follows when they're playing the little handheld games, and and they're like, mm-hmm. like I don't know if those things ever existed in America. I've never seen them before, so it's like he created these, and it it turned the movie. The movie kind of switched into a where you couldn't tell what time period it was from because mm-hmm. these it looked like almost like a Gatchamon right. rather than a mobile phone. So you're like, what are they? Yeah, you know, how what's happened? Mm-hmm. Where is this set? And this what this kind of movie is kind of like about. And it's basically it's a quest movie. These three kids want to uh, they <laughs> they perform this elaborate heist at the start of the film, and they steal a game system which you know they've cre- they've you know, basically created for the film. And uh, they want to play, but when they get home, their mother, their sick mother, has put a a, a lock code on the TV because mm-hmm. she wants them to go outside and play. And they just, please, can we just play just for four hours? <laughs> She's like, no, just for three hours, just three hours. But basically, she basically says, look, okay, you can, you can play for two hours, but you have to go down to the shop and get me a, a blueberry pie because I'm feeling sick. And my my mother, when I was young, she made me these great blueberry pies, and I want it. Mm-hmm. They go down to the shop. They're out of those blueberry pies. So then they, they – but then the baker is out sick and can't make any more. So they track down where the baker lives. <laughs> and then she sets them on this quest to, you know, for the recipe. And then they have to make it, but then they can't get – you know, all these things kind of happen. There's constant obstacles. Yep. But the way that they talk, the way they go about it is just absolutely phenomenal. Completely up my alley. I think it's up everyone's alley. It's amazing. This is – I mean, I used to think that about Rushmore though. And I do remember <laughs> – <laughs> I do remember at the, at the video store recommending Rushmore to every single customer who came in. And then from then, about 50% of those customers would come in and hold up two tapes go, which one do you like? They'd be like, I like the one in your left hand. And they go, okay, put that one down and take the one in their right. <laughs> and that lasted a long time after Rushmore. But definitely. Uh, awesome. It's on my list. Definitely worth checking out. Okay. Do we have a theme song for this segment? No. Oh, bugger. No. <laughs> but this game... It's called Farnsy or Barnsy. <laughs> I'm down for this, that's for sure. Basically, I'm going to name 
a bunch of films and you have to guess <sighs> who is in the soundtrack. Is it Farnsey? Okay. Or is it Barnsley? <clears throat> I love this. All right. Get so, nervous, I mean, you know, we'll start off with the obvious ones for you because I know you know these ones. So, Hot Rod. That'd be that'd be Farnsy. Indeed. <laughs> Which is like the greatest use of your the voice I can think of in movies because they play it from start to finish. Like it's the entire yeah. song. It's hilarious. <laughs> and of course, Rad. Rad would be uh, Farnsy. Indeed. How about? <laughs> oh, we're getting tricky. How about Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa? Farnsy. Farnsy. Gonna go Farnsy. That's correct. Excellent. How about The Sum of Us? The Sum of Us? The Sum of Us, starring Russell Crowe yeah. and uh, some other guy. I'm going to go, oh, I want to go, oh, <laughs> I'm going to go Barnsley on that one. Barnsley, you are correct, sir. How about, uh, oh. Can I just take that back for a second? When you said The Sum of <coughs> Us, the first thing that came to my head was The Sum of All Fears. <laughs> I'm trying to place a song in that. Where in that movie would, <laughs> would a Barnsley or a Farnsey song be uh, Burn for you? appropriate? <laughs> Uh, but in the sum of us, it, it will be all right. Is the song that plays mm-hmm. in that film? Uh, okay, the Slugger's Wife with Rebecca De Mornay, who actually sings quite a few songs in the soundtrack herself. Haven't seen it. <coughs> Haven't seen it. So I'm just going to take an educated guess and go Farnsey. Correct, sir. Oh, yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, how about uh, Fletch? That's Farnsey. That is Farnsey. Yep. Uh, the Lost Boys. That. Jimmy and In Excess. And Jimmy and In Excess, you are correct. Tw- two songs in that soundtrack. How about Hard Knocks? The Australian Hard film about Knox. the Sharpies. God, <laughs> God. Well, um, oh, this could go either way. Thinking of the era. Hmm. This is a 70s movie, I think, or early 80s. It's, well, that, that makes all the difference. Which one is Which it? Which one is it? <laughs> I did not write that down. Okay, it's a well, very young Tracy Mann. Yeah, I'm going to go Farnsey. Incorrect. It is uh, Jimmy Barnes. Is it? So it had to have been breakfast, 80s, not 70s. Breakfast at Sweethearts. Mm. <coughs> the Real McCaw. <laughs> What's that kid's name? Um, He yeah, was like know. big at that time. He was big. Jack. Was he Jack in like was, Home and Away or something like that? His That's name was Nathan something. Not Nathan Cavalieri, yeah. but he was that type of... Yeah. Hmm. We had a few... Um, Big little names back then. We had the little fat kid from Hey Dad. <laughs> we had Nathan Cavalieri. And then this kid, who was also, I think, in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. And was he in Joey as well? No. No. Getting your animal movies mixed up yeah. there, mate. Uh, okay, so I'm going to say Barnsley. No, it's Farnsey. Oh, now I'm just taking a nosedive. <laughs> when all else fails. <laughs> uh, how about, uh, oh, this is one of my favourite movies. I've talked about it on the show before. Yep. Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Uh, that is Farnsey. That is Farnsey. My mm-hmm. world is empty without you. With Rainy. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about, uh, ooh, this person performs the title, the main theme of Linda Blair's Savage Streets. Who is it? Farnsey? Farnsey. Farnsey. Incorrect. So it, is, <laughs> it is, in fact, Johnny Farnham. This game sucks. <laughs> nothing's going to stand in our way is the main theme. Sorry, John. John's probably listening and I'm just like, and had I been allowed to pick a song for the end, it would have been that. <laughs> well, there's only, is, there is only one song we can end on. It is a banger. Actually, the Fletch song is pretty is pretty good too. Somebody, yeah. uh, Look. Uh, okay, and <laughs> who appears? Now, this is not actually a movie, but who appears in the 
the Home, Home and Away compilation CD <laughs> featuring music that is featured, that has appeared in some form or another on Home and Away. Well, once again, that could be either or. It could be, couldn't it? <sighs> Barnsey. It is Barnsey, He feels yes. more like a summer bay lad. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> there, well, there we you go. go. That's it. <laughs> I mean, if you had to let me in on that, I could have maybe joined you and thrown you some. No, I, didn't, I wouldn't love it like that at all. Because <laughs> I would have had no idea. shit like how many podcasts are there out there playing bangers like that break the ice from hell needham's rad there's no other podcast playing that no although it is sort of john fun and favorite favorite at the moment so I maybe just, a lot are <laughs> i don't think i don't think a lot of podcasts bother to pay like we pay to actually <laughs> be allowed to play music 
in the show. Well, that is true. People don't know how lucky they are. Exclusive. <laughs> what I love about Rad, though, is that that movie was shot in a town called Cochrane in Canada. <laughs> so I love Laurie Lachlan. Different <laughs> well, strokes for different folks, well, I suppose. I, I did go looking and I could not find a town called Helwig. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Wanted did, you, to. did you go to Germany? I did. Did you go to Romania? I did. You go to Hungary? I went everywhere. I went everywhere, <laughs> man. <laughs> what yeah, an, what an awesome time the 80s was, though, for movies like that. Like BMX, skateboards, rollerblades. Man, I, like, there's yeah. nothing like it now. I think the only two, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. the only two fads mm. that didn't get their own movie was Marbles. <laughs> <laughs> and Yo-Yo's. Yeah, well, I mean, yo-yos are featured predominantly They've featured in, in them. They haven't had their but own. They have, it hasn't been like a... Let's start like right a, in the yo-yo movie. I need to travel across the USA to participate in a yo-yo competition. Well, I mean, they have yo-yo released movie. a lot of albums. Yo-Yo Ma and all those yeah. names. <laughs> he was on the West Wing. Yeah. And all of the young secretaries are like, oh, can I please go to Yo-Yo Ma? And you're like, come on. <laughs> come on, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Stop inserting your own biases into this. Do you remember Gleam in the Cube? I do remember oh, Gleam in the Cube. What God. a fantastic film. Mixing skateboard and uh, backyard hitmen and... Oh, and, and Prayer of the Roller Boys? Prayer of the yeah. Roller Boys? Oh, that was the coolest thing ever. Trench coats and rollerblades couldn't get any better. There are a lot... Oh, look, you know, rollerblade warriors. There are a lot of those. <laughs> roller Rollerblade. <laughs> rollerblade warriors. And then, yeah, that's the... Roll, Prayer of the Roller... Is it? That's the one with Corey Haim? Yep. yep. Or Feldman? Corey yeah, Haim. Haim. Yep. Here's a question for you. Do you know what BMX stands for? No. Bicycle could, motocross. Bicycle motocross. I couldn't even. I wasn't even smart enough to to be able to think on my feet enough to come up with <laughs> a smart a comedy. Uh, yeah. I was like the X threw me. <laughs> did you Did you have a BMX? I had a mongoose. I had a replica mongoose. <laughs> replica mongoose. Actually, maybe I did. Ha- I had a I think. I think I did have a BMX. Like when I was like five or six, like mm. my first bike was a BMX. Lucky. And then after that. Dad was like, we don't need to get any name brands. <laughs> like one of those bike, dads. <laughs> any bike will do. Does it have two wheels? Yes. Like I didn't, I've never owned a bike with gears. Right. So, and I live, I live on a hill crest. Overrated, mate. Overrated. So I was, to ride to school, it was great going to school. It was all downhill. Coming back home, all uphill. And on that little fucking BMX, what a nightmare. I could never, like, I've only ever done it once. The hill... <laughs> leading to my street is so steep mm. that only once when I had someone else's, I think I borrowed my sister's bike <laughs> and that had gears, yeah. was I able to ride up it <laughs> yeah, all the way without well, having to stop and push. I went through three types of bikes. I, I raced BMXs, uh, so I had that. I had. Did you do it on the uh, early bird show with Marty the Monster? No, but my, my drawing made it onto the early bird show. Mm. And I remember just running around the house telling everyone, like my dad, my mom, my brother, like, I'm on the early bird show, it's my painting. But of course, I only show off for 10 seconds. So by the time I got back to the TV, it had long gone. It was long gone. Yeah. I mean, I have to say I hated that part of the show. <laughs> well. I was know. like. Not the art part, the BMX part. I was like, oh, get right. back to Transformers, you ass. <laughs> yeah. Although sometimes kids stacked and that was always fun. That is always fun. Yeah. Anyway, so the reason we played that song was because, of course, as the new documentary covers, John Farnham is featured heavily on the Rad soundtrack. Um, but I, I do have a, a question for you just in regards to tacky music from the 80s and, and all that kind of stuff. What are you trying to say about John Farnham's <laughs> uh, soundtrack work there, Glenn? That was a... <laughs> It was a terrible comment. I don't, I don't understand why you would <laughs> phrase it like that, considering that you know who's going to be listening to the show. 
I love it. I love it. <laughs> I do. So, too little, too late. Okay, this requires an embarrassing answer from you. All right. Did you listen to music in your bedroom and pretend to be a rock star? Yes, and in the shower, <laughs> and in the lounge room. <laughs> My mother, the uh, glorious supporter of talent mm. that she was, would constantly shake her head mm. and say, yeah, Ben, you really can't sing. You know. And I'd be like, you know what? I just enjoy it. Why can't you just let me enjoy it? Why do you have to ruin it for me? Well, I fucking did. Like, I would um, be in my bedroom with a tennis racket guitar and I'd have a mop yeah, upright never, and the mop handle was my microphone and there was nothing more mortifying because I had the headphones on and I'm going at it and then one of your parents walks in and you do not know that they're standing there and you're going to town. You've got an audience in front of you. You can't let them down. That's not the kind of going to town that, that I was scared my parents were going to walk in on. <laughs> That's pretty rad. That's it. <laughs> I thought so. Lots when of burnouts I, when there. I di- when I discovered it, I thought it was pretty rad. <laughs> oh, I, I can't link that to a joke. No. Um, no. <laughs> that is the, no that's but the, where I was going with that is that one of the albums that I used to pretend to be a rock star to was Chain Reaction. Right. The John Fight was on cassette. And boy, did I uh, go See, for it. I think I may be getting myself into trouble here, but I never, I, I didn't get, my parents didn't really give me pocket money or anything like <laughs> that. I never had money. So mm-hmm. I used to, I used to do. Steal stuff. <laughs> well, basically I used to record it on the radio. Oh yeah, I did that. I did that. And so all my, and to this day, mm. there are certain songs that I listen to. And when the song ends, I, in my head, automatically, I start singing the next song that was on that tape. <laughs> Because that's because I just yeah. used to listen to them over just and the over again. The voice of ugly fill in your head, and sometimes yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like uh, what was that? Uh, what was that uh, dinosaur? Like open the door, get on the floor. Everyone the tin lids. The, the tin lids. Talking that, to Jimmy Barnes. That dinosaur song. Yeah. That indelibly, when that at the end, it doesn't have the DJ cue up the next <laughs> song before I could hit the stop. Yeah. It 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 it's like you know when you hear and you get a an earworm and you have the only way to get rid of it is you have to sing the whole song mm-hmm. completely. I need to say the line from the radio <laughs> yeah. to be able to get that song out of my head. Yeah, I always have Casey Kasem in my head when I'm listening to my old mixtapes. I'm Casey Kasem. <laughs> I'm Rob Kasem. Yeah, you, you got some great songs out of the love song and dedication shows as well. Yeah, that, well, to be honest, I used to listen to that on the way home from the video store. And I would always be in danger of falling asleep <laughs> in the car because that guy's voice was so... Soothing? Patronizing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I found him offensive. Like, like years later, I appreciated it. <laughs> yeah, as a kind, almost as a gag, mm-hmm. like as a as a gag. <laughs> <laughs> as a, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the time, I was like, oh, could you be any less genuine? <laughs> Imagine doing that. But show. his stuff was always. It was always like it was always hilarious. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, but your partner's off at work at the moment, isn't he? So <laughs> what do you want to say to him? Oh, I loves him lots. <laughs> and uh, when he comes home, I'll put his thing in my mouth just to show him how much. Jeez, come on. <laughs> Did you used to get off listening to Dr. Feelgood? I wouldn't use the term get off to it. <laughs> like it was no Dolly Doctor. <laughs> I don't know where this is going now. It was spiraling out of control. Yeah, and you're, t- me, you're dragging us there. I know. Which I'm, I'm surprised I'm by. enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, let me give you my personal connection to uh, the Farnham family. I used to be their one local... Them, I was going to say, one of them owes you money? I was their local video store guy. And um, yes, I used to come in, particularly Rob, and um, borrow a video. So I need to really... 
go through the old system and see if there's any late fees owing and uh, hit them up. <laughs> hit hit them, them up. up. Before this episode goes to air. Suss it out and bill them. <laughs> With <laughs> interest. Add it to, to, to today's inflation. Your $2 late fee is now $2.25. <laughs> But uh, get the uh, the old the video collectors debt collection agency onto yeah. them. Remember them? <laughs> yeah, video <laughs> video minder or video defaulters. Yeah, video defaulters. Love those guys. They uh they always came up with the goods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just get to it. So I um I had the uh the fortune of sitting down to talk to Rob Farnham for a chat. He's the singer in his own right. He's, he's the lead singer of a band called Rival Fire. Um, this was originally supposed to be a chat with his other son as well, James, but he was unwell at the time, which was a bit of a shame. Would have been great to talk to both of them. Uh, but nevertheless, this is a great chat. Hope you enjoy it, and then we'll catch you after the boneheads. Uh, well, first of all, welcome to the show, and thank you for making time for us. It's great to be chatting with you, mate. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me. Um, goes without saying, uh, I need to ask before we get started, how's your old man doing? He's good. Um, you know, it's cancer's a brutal thing for anybody. Uh, as he said before, um, you know, a lot of people have walked it and it's his turn. Um, but, you know, he's cancer-free now and, you know, he's at home griefing my mum. And, uh, yeah, all things are positive, right? So Amazing. That is, that's fantastic to hear. It really, really is. I don't know if, um, I don't know if you, your brother told you, but I used to be your old local video store guy. He did tell me. Yeah. <laughs> you used to pop in all the time. Really? <laughs> yeah. Back when you had your dreads. I think you were with Nanazami at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> different band, you know, different hairstyle, different band now. Yep, yep. Uh, anyway, so it's good to see you again. Good to see you. How has um, the whirlwind of press junkets and media engagements been? Is this a whole new thing for you? Uh, not really. Like, you know, back in the day, I did a few movies and. Um, I was in a movie called Queen of the Damned mm-hmm. um, in my 20s and I was in another movie called Wild Girls with Olivia and her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, done done a bit of press in, in, in the time, you know, through bands and all that sort of stuff. So I actually yeah. enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, who, who, who kind of doesn't, I guess. Yeah, totally. When was the first time that, that you guys as a family saw the film? Was it at the premiere or...? Um, myself and my brother got a, an early screening at um, in Sydney up at the Sony offices, um, and we loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, both him and I went in there ready not to tear shreds off it, but to sort of write some notes and um, just be prepared that it wasn't going to be true to life. Mm-hmm. Within the first five minutes, I put my notes down and, and just enjoyed it because Poppy did the director, Poppy. She did such a great job um, and it was true to life and real and there was no bullshit in there and it was just, it was just fantastic. I'm not a huge fan of music biopics, mm-hmm. really my jam, Yeah, um, but I just thought this was just so real and, you know, it was great. Yeah, it was. It was it's one of the highlights of the year for me. I was at that um, Astor screening and it just... Blew me away. In fact, your mum was sitting pretty much directly behind me, and I could just feel the emotion coming off her. Like it was, it was. A, yeah, I, don't, it was I don't think she stopped crying through the whole thing. So, <laughs> and that was the first time that she'd seen it. Um, wow, what, what an, what an environment to see it in for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like Dad hasn't even seen it to this day. Um, it's just not something that he would get across. Yeah, uh, he, doesn't like, he doesn't like. Excuse me. <clears throat> He doesn't like watching himself 
um, on TV or read any kind of article or anything. So yep. uh, we'll have to force him to watch it. I don't think he's quite ready to watch it yet, just because there's a, you know, his best mate, Glenn, you know, obviously mm. passed away and um, it's a hard watch for him. And, you know, Olivia, which was, she was really close to yep. him. Um, and he took her, you know, passing really, really hard. Um, so I just don't think he's quite ready to watch it yet. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll, we'll get him to watch it. Sometime. That's that's fair enough too. But um, I can't imagine having not seen a film about you, but hearing the response from just the audience in general, the the, the nation rallied behind this film. Like it went gangbusters. Yeah, it, it, it really did. Um, I think it, it's the top, or it's the the... The, the highest grossing music documentary in Australia of all time. Yep. Um, by miles. Um, and I think it got in the top four or something for um, highest grossing documentaries in all genres or something. Mm-hmm. It was um, up there. It, it kicked out the Beebs and um, a couple other notable, um, notable documentaries. So it was pretty fantastic. And yeah. look, our family didn't want to do it. Um, you know, Dad particularly didn't really want to do it. He's not really the type of person that thinks that... He still gets shocked that people go to his shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Glenn talked him into it, and um, here we are. And I think it, it, it was it was good. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad they ended up doing it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so you said that, you know, your family didn't particularly want to do it in the first place. How involved were you once it got off the ground and was up and running? Um, we were kind of arm's length. Yeah. A little bit, um, because you never know how this stuff's going to turn out. Um, and it's always a little bit of a, a roll of the dice. Like, you don't want to seem too, you know, too dicky about it. Yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of it's kind of difficult. Um, but because people were then starved, well, when I say people, Dad's fans had been starved for any sort of JF stuff for so long. Mm. That, um yeah, it was just accepted. There's a lot of people that have seen it, but I wouldn't have expected to see it. Um, a lot of my friends um, who, who came with me onto to the Sydney one and to the Melbourne one, you know, they were in tears and um, my bandmates and stuff, like they were crying. And, you know, just to see that was really special. And, you know, my socials, both of my socials, Instagram and Facebook, like just lit up with people from all over the country and, you know, beyond they're just amazing messages and yeah support and love and um yeah it was pretty special very very cool um as as kids um you know we don't really know a lot about our parents and granted that you guys have grown up surrounded by the entertainment world and and your dad's been in sort of you know the spotlight did you learn anything new about him watching this movie um i didn't um because i was a i'm a huge fan anyway yeah uh, and so i i when I got into music when I was like 15, like seriously got into music, you know, I went through his back catalogue, found out all the things he did. Like, you mm. know, there's so much on the in the, in the documentary that wasn't mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff that he did in Los Angeles um, for the Rad soundtrack. <laughs> I was going to bring yeah. that up. <laughs> yeah, Break the Ice and Thunder in Your Heart like and Playing the Wind. They're my favourite songs, you know. Yep. And, um, I would have loved to have heard Dad. I, I, I'm into heavy music, and I would have loved to have heard him sing for you know like Sabbath or something crazy like. <laughs> yes. You know, he just has that crazy Dio voice kind of thing. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so I, I got right into sort of his back catalogue and you know his early days and his career and struggles. My brother, on the other hand, um, he didn't realise how tough it was for Dad to go from John to Johnny. Yeah. Uh, Johnny to John, sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think as he he was born in '88, I was born in '81. Um, so our experiences with that whole situation is very different. Sure. Um, you know, I saw through the some of the tough times when I was younger, and and then just the escalation um, of when you know things went gangbusters for for him. You know, it was pretty it was pretty crazy. Yeah, incredible. Um, I'm gonna gonna sort of you know lead with some i'm going to go with some uh, light-hearted questions now as we sort of bring it towards an end um you mentioned the rad soundtrack and that is how your dad's song ended up in the hot rod movie back in the day yeah how did you guys react to that being in there did you know it was going to be used like that so i was where was it so it's happened a couple of times to to us actually so um that particular one uh, mum and dad, like, mum and dad like to watch random movies, mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd never seen it. And then dad's watching this movie, and it's some uh, it's Adam <laughs> Sandberg, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he called me. He's like, Robert, Robert. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm just watching this movie, and it, it, the bloody song came on. And like, obviously we watched it. He had no idea. Um, another time it happened, I was. Um, it's on a Family Guy episode. <laughs> right and and, yeah. and i was like not a huge family guy person but i was watching it at home and it was in the background i was doing something on my laptop and i heard ding 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 for fun and i'm like what the hell like that's <laughs> that's the old boy <clears throat> and uh yeah i had no idea but that's publishing and yeah you know, yeah didn't know rights to that song so um but that was pretty trippy to hear Particularly the way it was used in Hot Rod because it was like a monumental set piece. Yeah, and they played the song all the way through, pretty much. I know, I know. So yeah, that was a that was a bit of a a, a weird moment for for him for sure. Um, but we, you know, that sort of stuff. It's it's amazing to see that stuff. Man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I get super chuffed, and he must just be, you know. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Because it's a killer song, Dad." Like. Yeah. You don't understand that, you know. Yeah. I think he's a he's a he's, he's a singer's singer. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, fans, you know, he has a lot of fans too. But um, I think he's a singer's singer. You know how you have like Satriani and all that sort of stuff that are like guitarists, guitarists. Yep. Um, so I think he's that sort of internationally anyway. He's you know people that are singers. Yeah. You know, are into it. Awesome. One thing I've been very curious to know about is like your, your old man has in the last, what, maybe 15, 20 years been known as like the comeback king. Like, I'm wondering if that's been a running gag in your family, if it's something that you just fucking hate. Um, look, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, and, and it's, it's somewhat true. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's why it just stings a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, a lot of things got blown out of proportion too. Like, yeah. you know, and I mean, I don't know if you're, you're a musician yourself, but you have your moments where you're like, ah, I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And you get that fire in you again and then, you know, you, you sort of turn it around. And it's the same with, with, a, with a musician of that caliber. It's like, you get to a point where you're like, well, no one's going to give a shit anymore. Mm. And then they do. Yeah. And you're like, well, 
fuck, I'm going to head back out on the road again. You know? yep. So, And it's not because of financial reasons or any of that stuff. It's as a performer, you know, it's what drives you. you know? So Completely. Can't shake it. No, you, you really can't. And I mean, he, whenever I bring a friend over or, you know, girlfriends or whatever like that, he's always on. Yeah. He's, he, you walk in, he's always at the front door. He's like, hello, mate. You know, and he's, you know, and then he's, you know, he's charming. He's funny. He is exactly what you think he is. Mm-hmm. He's very witty. He's very personable. He's charming. He's, he's very funny. Um, and he's pretty naughty too. So That's so great to hear. It's so great to hear. And regardless of that, you know, let's say reputation, like he packs a house. It's irrelevant ultimately. Yeah. yeah you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you he doesn't have fire explosions. He doesn't have, you know, any of the bullshit. It's just him with his band. Um, and I think that his early career when he was so engaging with the audience, he has that crooner kind of aspect. Mm-hmm. Where he's very funny. He's very engaged with the audience. Doesn't rely on a lot of the bullshit. Um, and you don't, you don't get a lot of artists like that. Yeah. Um, where you, you know, you're there to see the show you know, it kind of really draws you in. Like that stupid song, The Entertainer, um, he, he really just, you know, encapsulates that kind of kind of thing. You know? mm-hmm, for sure. Do you have um, a favourite song of his? It's probably the worst question I could possibly ask you. But... <laughs> no, it's really not. Um, I've got Playing to Win tattooed across my chest. Amazing. That's probably my favourite song, but it's so hard to pick. Like... You know, there's that, there's, you know, Burn Fuse, beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love these, a lot of the LRV stuff. Um, you know, Thunder in Your Heart from the Rad soundtrack, Break the Ice from the Rad soundtrack. You know, I like a lot of these upbeat, sort of heavier, well, well heavier. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Songs. Yeah. Uh, the rock so, stuff. Yeah. I think he's a, he's a great singer, like, mm. just powerful singer. So. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Little River Band there. Did you read last week they're doing a bloody biopic of <laughs> Little River Band? Like, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like, obviously, right in the coattails of this doco or something, but that um, I'm not too keen to see, but, uh, you know, it's going to happen. Oh, uh, look, you know, I think that LRB was, they were huge. And, you know, it, it, even, look, Dad, I think, did a fantastic job when he was around. I mean, he, he, he didn't like it. Mm. Uh, for various reasons, um, but I mean, you can't deny the talent of that band. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had some amazing songs. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible what that band has sort of descended into now. Like it's this whole other thing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's sad, but you know, you, you just listen to the vocals. Like nowadays, you got you know Pro Tools with Auto Tune and mm. really clean shit up. They didn't have any of that. Yeah. You know? And, and that, that era is just they have amazing, amazing harmonies, you know. Yes, for sure. So, you know, I don't begrudge you doing that, like, at all. I mean, I'd definitely go and see it, for sure. Mm. Well, you know, I'll probably have to. Oh, whatever whatever it is, it, it will be, will be. But I'm going to leave you with a funny story. Um, I, where I grew up, I lived right behind your dad's recording studio. And I used to sneak up to the windows and watch them record, right? And wow. he was recording with Richard Marks. And... Yeah, that's um, Yeah. <laughs> I lived in the estate behind it, Warren. Right. Um, and he um 
he caught me at the window and he just gave me the thumbs up. I'm like, it was the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best thing ever. It's <laughs> a teenager back then, but yeah, good times, mate. But um, your dad is uh, an exceptional human being, uh, an incredible musician and vocalist, and um, it's been an honour to talk about him with you, and thanks so much for giving us the time. Well, I appreciate it, mate. Anytime, and uh, thanks for the chat. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Now, Chad, we're missing someone. Who are we missing? Is missing the right word? I mean, he's not here. Shane is- Thomas is not here. He is not present. I don't know where he is. So in that case, missing's kind of close. But at the same time, I don't know that I miss him. Uh, I will, I will, I will whip out my milk carton and just slap a big old sticker of James on it. I don't think you should say whip out that much. Now, Chad, what's our topic today? Our, our topic today is going to be Australian musicians. So musicians from Australia that we really enjoy. Oh, can I talk about some that I didn't know who were Australian? Sure. They've been hiding. Rick Springfield was born in Australia and then came to America. Did you know that? I never knew Jesse's girl was Australian. So is Iggy Azalea. What is up with that? This is how out of touch I am with pop culture. I know the name. Could not yeah, tell you one song. Sings. I don't know what she sings either. I don't. It also has flea listed, but I don't think that's accurate. Chad. And, you know, too, and it, you know, it's kind of funny that we're doing this topic, uh, our uh, folks, is because uh, I'm not a big music person. Never have been. So I, I just don't have the I don't have the attention span to listen to several different songs in a row. I, on the other hand, am in the middle of the rat pack with the being music, probably a little closer to James. And James <laughs> probably knows more about music than both of us put together. But and James he's not here yeah. because he's dead to us. Yes, exactly. And just like Natalie, Natalie and Bruya, who is from Australia, I knew she was Australian. I did not know this. I am torn about who I should pick for my favorite Australian. Well, why you artist. why you think? Let me get let me get mine out of the way because I'll do a twofer. Uh, by far, my favorite Australian musician is Colin Hay. Okay. I don't know uh, who that is. Yes, you do. Who can it be now? Do Why is that your favorite one? Um, down Under. Well, uh, I just love his music. I just love his music. Um, but he, one of my favorite songs of all time is his acoustic rendition of Overkill. Um, mm-hmm. And he was, uh, I don't know if you, wa- I don't think you watched Scrubs, but there was a great episode where he was playing that song wa- uh, uh, as a corpse yeah uh, um in the episode um but yeah i just love it um i've i've i've, I've watched it uh, i haven't seen it live but i've watched it live several times and it, it just moves me in a way that i can't explain um but i mean i love all of it i can see it in your eyes down by the sea there are several colin hay songs that i really really enjoy uh and my second one is one who i'll be honest with you all um this one started out in movies. Uh, I was obsessed with this woman. Uh, I, I only saw her in a couple of movies. I saw her in Biodome, and I'm like, who is this gorgeous woman? Year, a couple of years later, I saw her in Street Fighter, and I said, there she is again. There's this gorgeous woman. Found out that was Kylie Minogue. Yeah. And that she was also a musician after that. And I I actually, I, I enjoy her music simply because I get to look at Kylie Minogue. I got to give you Kylie Minogue on that one. I actually think she's fairly talented. I actually is. I do like a couple of her pop songs. And I know. And and by the way, I'm sorry if I made it seem like I don't like her music. I I just love Kylie Minogue. And yes, her music is great. Well, she's got a couple of songs I like and and she is quite fetching. 
Yeah. I'm going to. So Chad said your favorite Australian man's ACDC. He may be right. Yeah, but I know what I'm, I'm right. going. No, you don't. You don't know me. You don't know <laughs> me. One that I didn't know was an Australian band who I do love this song, even though it sucks. And it came out the same year I did. The Little River Band is from Australia, Chad. Really? The song, Walking Through the Park and Reminiscing. Reminiscing. That's Australian. Would you have ever guessed that? No, and no offense, Australia. I hate that song. I don't hate that song. Oh, God. It's one of those ones that's like, it just pierces my brain. Walking, reminiscing. And actually... I've got to say Michael Hutchins and NXS actually is really up there with ACDC with me. Yeah. Really up there. I love NXS. There's two or three and, and another great one. And I'd hate to just keep bouncing. Yeah. Because five minutes. Because Crowded House (laughs) is also Australian and I didn't know it. Oh, wow. See, aren't you glad I said another one? Sure. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Sorry, we don't know anything about you, Australia. We're going to keep trying, though. We're going to keep trying. All right. Well, thank you, Boneheads. Uh, yada, yada, yada. There we go. That's, uh, that's them. I love the Little <laughs> River Band. Love them. <laughs> Who doesn't I love, love the Glen Shark years. I love the Fancy years. I love it all. I know. Um, maybe not the new stuff, but I like the old stuff. I do love that he bought them up because it does tie in very nicely. There was a period of time where I would listen to Cool Change <laughs> almost nonstop. <laughs> Oh, hang on, help us on its way. Great stuff. There's so many bangers. Mm. Yeah. My Night mum, out. my mum was not a critic like yours. No, she, <laughs> she, she encouraged it, and she, she was a fool. <laughs> <laughs> she just didn't want me to go to school and audition for the uh, choir <laughs> and be humiliated in front mm. of everyone. Now, this is the this is the the part of the show where we do like to recommend stuff, stuff that uh, we usually go for the obscure as opposed to the mainstream simply because that's it's more interesting. That's the stuff we like. I was going to say, it's just, where, it's just where our taste. Exactly. Lie. Yeah, exactly. You're right there. It's the, uh, <laughs> the cola is... Uh, <laughs> Coming back to haunt you. The oldie cola is uh, <laughs> a bit more gassy, gaseous, <laughs> shall we say, than the legit stuff. Now, this might be a very short segment because the movie I want to recommend, obviously it's John Farnham related. I had forgotten that you have recommended this before. So I was going with Voyage of the Rock Aliens, which I do love this movie. Um, I, I, I think when you recommended it last time, I hadn't seen it since I was young. And I revisited it a couple of weeks ago, knowing that we do this show. Such a good movie. It is a fantastic movie. This is something that I would love to see as a midnight movie. Like, it is that good. Um, if you love sh- uh, schlocky movies, uh, cult movies, got a penchant for um, stuff that would play as a midnight movie, you know, whether it's Rocky Horror, it's sort of, a, that's a combination of that and Rock and Roll High School, a bit of Forbidden Zone, as if it's all produced by Troma. If you know any of those references, you'll understand what this movie kind of is. Um, how would you describe this one? Uh, it is a 50s teen sci-fi <laughs> musical high school teen sex comedy with yep. Michael Berryman and an angel and an alien monster. <laughs> and, and Craig Sheffer's first movie. Lots of weird sex double entendres. But it's every other minute it breaks into song and dance. Yeah, it does. And they're great. Like, and it's not one of those movies where the songs are separated by 10 minute gaps. Like it is just like we've just finished one song. Let's just let's go into the other. Go into the next one. Uh, I loved it. And, and I, I like too that Craig Sheffer 
was the only person hired to make this film that couldn't sing. And so he's the only one whose voice is dubbed over for the, the songs. Which yeah. is hilarious because they didn't really pair his face with the voice very well. No. <laughs> but, but it's fine. You, that makes it fun. But yeah, and the thing that's really weird is that is the um the song that uh, the lead actress uh, whose name just is Is it Pia Zadora? Pia Zadora does with the um Jermaine Jackson. Oh yeah. And which was a music video in its own right. Which yeah, but the music video is like a Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome type yes, thing. Yes. And yet it's for yeah, it's Voyage it, of the Rock Alien. It's kind of like the when they did the start of Moonwalk of the Michael Jackson movie. Like the first twenty minutes has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. It's like yeah. just tack it on. But um what I found amusing, I put this on sort of during the day on a weekend, you know, just a perfect something to sit back and listen to, watch, I should say. And my wife was on the couch, she's just reading one of her ebooks or whatever, and that Jermaine Jackson part came on right at the start and she looked up, she goes, I have not seen this in like thirty years. And yeah. she got right into it with me and, and I'm like, I don't remember this like you do like yeah know, like she remembers it like a big cultural thing it was a big deal yeah that's right yeah um but the movie kind of just fell away into obscurity and never to be heard well, of again i don't know i remember it look i've got the vhs mm-hmm. and look there's there's a couple of friends of mine who talk about it and they every time i would mention it on facebook or something they're like they, they comment like i don't know anyone else remembered this film like who <laughs> yeah, else is that's right it is such a bizarre one but then i think was it last year the year before vinegar syndrome brought it out on blu-ray yeah and it was like, you know, a, a, definitely a film that deserved a new life. And I'm glad that someone mm-hmm. gave it the HD treatment it so uh, richly deserved. The uh, the version I watched, of course, was just YouTube. But I have a funny feeling that was taken from a, an HD version. That's right. probably the Vinegar Syndrome one. I just adored watching this again. And so there's my recommendation. Um, and the song, of course, that John Farnham sings in this is with Rennie Hayes. And it's um, My World is Empty Without You. And there's no mistaking Fonzie's voice. When he comes on, you know exactly where it's from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, he does, you know, regardless of what you think of John Farnham, he does have an iconic mm-hmm. voice that you can instantly, unlike Glenn Shorrock. <laughs> like he does. He's got a, yeah, Glenn Shorrock's got a, he's got a great voice and stuff, but you're never going... Well, he's not called The Voice, is he? No. There you go. He's not like John Farnham. Like, yeah, and considering that John Farnham... Like, uh, what I love about a lot of artists, and this is very big in, in Europe as well, but they start off their career where they would just do covers of them because of the way uh, mm-hmm. communication was at the time and stuff like that. Like, they would just be doing covers of American songs. Yep, yeah. And or like, you know, like the French, like Johnny Halliday and stuff was doing all of that. Mm-hmm. John Farnham was kind of like our version of it. That's where, you know, Sadie and all that kind of stuff of came from. And Normie Rowe was doing the same thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were all doing these kind of covers of, you know, Herman the Hermit's kind of, yep. you know, Brit pop songs and stuff. Because at the time, too, it was very much more, we were very much more British influenced than we were American influenced. Which the documentary goes right into, dives yeah, right. into. So, um, what's your recommendation? Uh, well, look, I did, I kept it to music. But uh, I haven't seen the uh, the John Farnham doco yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Comes out this week on <laughs> Blu-ray, which um, you know I'll throw a plug to at the end of the show, which we're nearly at. So fantastic! Uh, no, but I actually Grant, my uh, employer, recommended this a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it's a perfect chance, perfect opportunity to watch it. Yep, uh, and also because she just passed away. Mm-hmm. But I did watch the Nothing Compares, the Sinead O'Connor doco, right? Which I believe I watched on uh, SBS on Demand. I mm-hmm. think it's uh, it's on there at the moment. What a fucking ripper of a doco! Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. I'm probably going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> it's it, it's it's really well done, and yep. it's it like, and her career like there's you know from what I understand they do 
gloss over a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the you know the the kind of you know her career, her life is like so fascinating, and yep. the kind of all of the the shit she went through, and the it's 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 so weird to kind of watch this documentary and you see all of the the things that happened to her now are, are, are basically standard today. Mm, yeah, like yeah. the amount of you know all of the things that she was protesting against now, mm-hmm. everybody now acknowledges as truth. Whereas yep. at the time, yep. they basically you know she got death threats, she was booed on stage, <laughs> all this sort of stuff for doing mm-hmm. all these things like drawing attention to these. She was outrageous back then. Yeah. Yep. Whereas now it's all mm-hmm. commonplace and expected and it, it, everything that she said was true yep yeah absolutely you know it was all what i love about these type of documentaries particularly with someone like her is that the average music listener just probably knows her as the one hit wonder like not realizing she's had a whole career she's had like a her life has been tumultuous yeah um there's a whole lot more to her so and that she was you know and this like you know i don't know about you but whenever i travel mm. i generally tend to go to i go to a lot of records record stores or you know not even like record stores, like CD stores, whatever, music yep. stores. And I just try and pick up whatever's local. Mm. Yep, totally. Like you, I don't know I don't know who they are. I, I really do just kind of pick it based on the based on the cover. If it looks all right, <laughs> I'll give it a shot. And I try but I also try and buy those, you know, hottest twenty hits of the summer kind of compilation things. Because <laughs> invariably there's like five American songs, but yep. the rest of the mm-hmm. from whatever country I happen to be in. Yep. And you never find like she was, you know. She was a front man of a couple of bands before her solo, before she moved to London and her solo career took off. Mm-hmm. You know, she the, she talks about the first album and how that was a lot more kind of contrived by the producers and she mm-hmm. was kind of not that interested in it and how then the second album, which has nothing to nothing compares to you, took yep. off and how that was much more personal and yet they talk about all of the, how the artwork, how certain, certain photos were not acceptable in America yet yep. they went out and... In the UK, and the, even the photographers and stuff didn't know. They and, were like, and backlash oh. from Prince over that one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, all sorts of these, all sorts, and how just how big that song was. Yeah, absolutely. How iconic, you know, and how it like changed their life kind of overnight mm-hmm. to the point where she was completely unprepared for it. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's so much kind of stuff. Awesome. I'm adding uh, it to my list for sure. It's, it's definitely definitely worth a watch, and you know, being on SBS. On demand, mm-hmm. a perfect place to watch it. Well, similarly, as I was about to say before, um, this new John Farnham Finding the Voice documentary is fantastic. Like, there's two incredible Aussie music docos this year, the other one being Ego, the Michael Gudinski story. They are both great companions. But this one, if you think you know John Farnham's career and life story, this movie goes much deeper, scratches beneath the surface, and it really highlights the difficulty he had, the, the actual difficulty going from Johnny to John. Like, that was yeah. a big, big thing. Um, so the movie goes into that. It's all about the mateship he has with uh, with Glenn Wheatley. You know, it's a love story between the two of those guys. Um, how they both put everything on the line for each other. Um, how he stuck by Glenn Wheatley. You know, when he went to to prison, it doesn't gloss over that. It really goes into that. It's fantastic. So I highly recommend it. It's the biggest documentary of the year here in Australia. So get on it, everyone. There we go. And we've reached the end of the show. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> you know we're going out with a banger, don't you? I have a sneaking... You can hear it now, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it's building. (laughs) How could we not finish on your other voice? Simply for my own podcast ego, I want to end on your other voice. (laughs) I feel like a radio host is going out with a a bang. If this is our last show, we might as well end it there. Yeah. (laughs) See you next week, everyone.
guy won't be around to talk to our kids. He won't understand when you're down. The way that I did, we had it all, you and I. I think my mum was right. <laughs>